0: Uh, in the month of July, we're going we're gonna to take a little bit of a risk. We're going to try something different, and uh, I want to share with you why. Typically, the month of July is like the lowest attended month at, at church, which is fine. You, you guys go on vacation. You're, you're trying to get stuff ready right before school starts back and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But one of the ways we want to help get people in the door in the month of July, new people in the door. I'm not talking about the people out there in this room. I'm talking people that have never been to our church before. We want to try to get them in the door in the month of July. And so here's what we're going to do. And some of you may have been a part of something like this at another church, uh, but we're going to do a series, a four week series every single week in the month of July called At The Movies. All right. So here's what that means. Is We're going to take movies that all of you have heard of before, and we're going to turn them into parables. And so we're going to show parts of the movie, and then we're going to take truth that we find in the movies, and we're going to present them in a creative way. And so this is a great series to bring new families to because literally you go, hey, we're watching Moana at church this week, you guys should totally come. So it's a really easy invite and it's super easy for someone to come and get the heart of our church, to have fun. That's one of our core values and to do it in a way that everyone can relate to. And so this series is not for you guys. All right. I love you guys. Y'all are going to get a lot out of it, I hope, but this is not for you. The series is for people that do not go here yet and that don't know Jesus. I want these people here and uh, we're going to advertise it. We're going to push it and all that kind of stuff. But I you if you bring them their life could change forever this could be the moment that they come and go see a movie at church that sounds ridiculous and go that was was unlike anything that I thought it would be like and I want more of that and it's not about this church, but they're going to meet Jesus in the midst of watching a movie. And I can't wait for that. So I wanted to share with you why we're doing it. We're doing it to reach lost people in this community. That's why we're doing it. And uh, and so what we're going to do is we're not going to go all out. Like some churches that do this, they like build sets in their lobby, but they're not portable. So we're not doing that, but we're going to have popcorn every single week. We'll have candy. We'll have soda. We'll have some VIP seating up here that's close to the screen, you know, that we're going to uh, invite people to like, we're going to handpick people that are going to see Sit there it's gonna be a whole lot of fun and I've got a guy that was in our men's group um who is like uh, he would not care if I said this? He's like king nerd. All right, he's like the man. He he does. He puts on like a Star Wars convention every year that just got done. It, it's awesome. And so I've talked to him, and we're gonna get people in costume out in the lobby, like stormtroopers or like a Darth Vader, where kids and families can take pictures with them. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I might we might be asking you guys, hey, if we got you an Iron Man suit, would you wear it in the lobby, right? Like, and we, so be ready. All right, we're gonna do some fun stuff. We're gonna take a little bit of a risk together, but I. I think it's going to be fun. Does that sound exciting to y'all? Now, do you want to hear the movies we're doing? Okay, all right. I sent y'all a text message to vote on movies. We didn't pick any of them, I don't think, because we're also stealing a lot of this from other churches that give it away for free. So we're taking scripts that they've already written, and we're going to tweak them and all that kind of stuff. So um, the series starts on July 3rd. So what better movie than Independence Day, baby, to the original to start off? I thought y'all would be a lot more excited about that. It's going to be really fun. Uh, and uh, Will Smith is in it, so that'll be fun. He actually slaps a alien in that movie. So uh, anyway, uh, that'll be really fun. Uh, so that'll be good. And obviously, if there's, you know, we're not gonna have bad words and stuff like that happening. It's gonna be all good, but that'll be a fun movie. The second movie we're doing the second week is we're actually gonna not do kids that week, where everybody's gonna be in here. It's- Family service, really the next two we can be family services. But we're asking all of the parents to bring their kids in here. We can put down blankets. They can sit down here and watch the movie. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but we're going to do Moana for the second one. That's going to be really awesome. I cry every time I see that movie. I'm not even lying. Same part every time. Uh, the third week, we're going to do a movie that I don't even know if a lot of you have seen, but it's called Alexander the No Good, Terrible, Horrible, Very Bad Day. Great movie, great family movie, uh, and it's got a lot to do with your attitude. That's what we're going to talk about that week, and it's going to be really fun. And then the last week, uh, we're going to do A Quiet Place, all right? That, so that should be a lot of fun as well. It's a little spooky. It'll be a little fun, um, and we're going to have a ton of fun doing these things. So um, please be, make plans to be here for some of these, all right? If you're on, going on vacation, it's just easy to not c- come because I promise you it's going to be a lot of fun, and I believe God's going to use it in a really powerful way. So I wanted to kind of tease that out. I don't even have a graphic made for it yet, nothing like that, but I wanted just to kind of go on the front end of this. This message is kind of short, so I wanted to to vision cast that. Are y'all with me a little bit? Does that excite y'all a little bit? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be cool. All right, Um, and I think we're going to redeem something that the world has, and we're going to make it into Jesus, and I'm very, very excited about it. So um, anyway. Do I have anything else to announce? I don't think so. All right. So are y'all ready for week two of how to love the people you despise? Are y'all with me? Okay, here we go. All right, last week we started the series and we talked about controlling people and how do we love those difficult people, right? Like not just controlling people, but difficult people in general. How do we love people that suck the life out of us? Because we are sometimes we have no choice. We're around people all the time that suck the life out of us. For some people, they're controlling. And so last week we talked about how do we love people uh, that we have a relationship with that are controlling. And so we said, if you don't like the relationship you have with these people, change what you expect and change what you accept, right? If you, if you are in a relationship with someone that's controlling, change what you accept and change what you expect. And that's what you have to do. And we also learned that a lot of us we, we pointed the finger a lot of times at the beginning of this message. But at the end, we kind of point the finger back at ourselves and goes and said, like, we are like this a lot. We can be controlling. We can be manipulative. We can do these things. And so we talked about that last week. Next week, uh, Pastor Stephanie is going to be talking about needy people and how do we love needy people. Right. Some of these people are the hardest people to love because you think you're loving them and you're you're helping them because they, they need something. But then all of a sudden you come to realize it's a vicious They are always needing something, right? And I'm not talking about your kids. Kids are needy, but I'm talking about adult needy people, right? And then the last week, we're going to talk about hypocritical people. How do we minister to hypocritical people? How do we love hypocritical people? Because that drives me crazy when someone is a hypocrite. But this week, we're going to talk about critical people. Y'all say critical, and unfortunately, we all face an overly critical person at some point in our lives. And this is the person that they could die and go to heaven and find something to complain about, right? Like they're like, ah. These streets could be a little more gold. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I thought it would smell a little better up here, but it doesn't, right? Like, they're just critical. They can find something and nitpick it all day long. Like, they're just great at doing this. Maybe for you, it's a boss, and you've never heard of something you've done well from your boss. All you hear is, man, I've done this wrong. or I can't do anything right. They never tell you anything that you do well. That was one thing. My dad, you were. how long did you work at the Tennessee Inn? 37 years, same place. And that was one of the complaints he always told us is like, they never tell us what we do right. They always just tell us what we do wrong. Some of you have bosses that are like that, right? Maybe you have a mother-in-law in in here that passively, aggressively lets you know what you're doing wrong, right? Like, oh, I I just wouldn't do that. Or are you sure? Are you sure? And like, you just have this relationship with someone in your life. Maybe for you, it's a husband. And they nitpick every single thing that you do, right? And it's, and all the stuff you do around the house, all the stuff you do to make sure the kids stay alive, all they do is they get home and they nitpick it, right? They're not appreciative of what you do, but we have to face it. Criticism is a part of life. In fact, Aristotle said this, he said, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. That's what hits Aristotle. Now, he's a pretty smart person, right? And I don't want to criticize this quote, but I'm going to. Here we go. If you do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing, someone's going to criticize you for being lazy, right? Like criticism, you can't avoid it. You always are going to be criticized at some point in your life. In other words, if you're breathing, you're going to deal with criticism. Has anyone ever experienced criticism before? Come on, raise your hand. Somebody did something they didn't like. If you work in like, uh, uh, like a retail space, or you work in food and beverage, my gosh, how often does someone criticize the the person that makes your coffee at Starbucks, right? Like, I said I wanted no sugar, right? And they just lose it. They they like to criticize. Uh, But this is especially true if you are a follower of Jesus. If you're truly following the teachings of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, you will be criticized. Why? Because you're going to live life that's different. And from some of you, uh, you're actually suffering a lot, Because you are being criticized from somebody and it's eating you alive from the inside out. It could be a close relationship we have with a family member. Uh, It could be that old friend from high school. It could be your grandmother, right? Like your spouse, your boss. You're going to have critical people in your life and you're really having a hard time. So how do we love these people? How do we love people that only see negative in everything? How do we love people that have the audacity to give you unsolicited advice, right, on on how you should be doing stuff because they don't like it? Well, here's some four thoughts I have, and if you're not taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes. This is where it's really going to help you, all right? The first thought is this. Often, you don't respond. So how do you respond when someone criticizes you? Often, you don't respond, Anyone, you don't respond. Some of us, we feed into this a little bit. But let me remind you something. Just because someone criticizes you does not obligate you to respond. Just because someone has something negative to say about you, it doesn't obligate you to respond. You don't owe them anything. You don't owe them an explanation. You don't owe them a response if they're criticizing something. Oftentimes, you don't have to respond. In fact, uh, in 1 Peter 2, it says this. It says, Jesus, he did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Jesus was often criticized. And I'm talking uh, to the point that even when he was hanging on a cross, people were criticizing him. People were spitting in his face. They were ripping his beard out. People criticized Jesus even before that. The religious people did. Here are some of the things, insults that were thrown his way. People called him the friend of sinners. We've kind of taken that and turned it into a compliment. Back then, that was not a compliment. That was like, this dude is hanging around people. He should not be hanging around. He was the friend of sinners. People caught him drunk. People said he partied too much. People called him a lunatic. People caught him blasphemous. Like he was just cursing the name of God all the time. Jesus lived with these insults all the time. And Peter is telling us who spent years with Jesus. He's saying, hey, this guy didn't even respond. He didn't say anything back to these people. He never retaliated. He left it in the hands of God. Just because someone criticizes you doesn't mean you have to respond. And here, if you're in here and you're into the Enneagram and you're in Enneagram 8, this is hard for you because you want to like buck up and go, oh yeah, let me, and then you want to start like a fight, right? You don't have to. You don't have to do that. You don't have to challenge everything. You don't have to feed into that. Here's what it says in Proverbs. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. Listen to this. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. All right. Sensible people control their temper. They can respect, they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. That's what another translation says. So what does it mean to overlook an offense? What does it mean to overlook a wrong? And I'm just gonna be honest with you, we are terrible at this. We get offended by everything. I mean, have you logged on Facebook in the last 15 seconds? Because I promise you in the first Two seconds, you're going to stroll in there. You're going to find someone that's been offended by something. They're going to be complaining about gas prices. They're going to be complaining about this person. They're going to be, if you're on, especially any of the like local Facebook groups, like hip Hendersonville. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just like trashing one person, one business after the other. That's people just get offended all the time. And we just like to air out all this stuff. But the Bible tells us it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. To overlook someone's wrongs, right? And so what does it mean to overlook an offense? It does not mean that we pretend it doesn't happen. We can't just ignore stuff sometimes. We don't pretend it doesn't happen. But what it does mean is that we consciously decide to let it go. And the actual word it uses here to overlook an offense actually means to go over, to pass over, to pass above the situation. It's not choosing to forgive something in the past. It's choosing to forgive in real time. A lot of us think of forgiveness as something that we have to forgive something, someone for something they did in the past. But when you are overlooking an offense, it's choosing to, to overlook that and to forgive that in real time. We're gonna choose to go, hey, I'm not bothered by that. I'm not gonna let that stick to me. I'm not gonna let what that person said bother, derail me. Nope, in real time, I'm gonna go, no, I forgive them, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna rise above this situation. And some of us have a hard time doing that because we think, when someone criticizes us. Oh man, I'm this way. I'm a competitive person. If someone criticizes me, I want to fire back and take it like a thousand times worse than what they just did. Right? Like I just want to react. I want to get them back. That's how I am. A lot of times I have to check myself sometimes and go, no, I'm going to choose to forgive this in real time. I know that I can hold that over their head later, but I'm choosing not to do that. I I know I can use this to weaponize this against them later, but I'm not gonna do that. I, I can choose to get mad, but I'm not gonna do that. I can choose to let this destroy a relationship, but I'm gonna not do that, right? But instead, I'm gonna overlook it. I'm gonna forgive in real time. Now, you would be shocked if I told you some of this. I am gonna tell you a couple of the things. Our little bitty church gets criticized all the time. And it's only from people that are on Facebook hiding behind a computer screen or from their phone. And so it's crazy, especially uh, when Stephanie is on the screen doing anything, someone 100% of the time, we'll always say, well, f- f- females aren't supposed to be pastors. What is she doing preaching up there? They'll criticize it, right? We have people criticizing us all the time, especially during COVID. We were having parties outside, and uh, the people did not like that, and so they let us know. We've had people comment whenever I post stuff that has me in it that says, you need to quit eating a bunch of Big Macs, and they'll make fun of me, and they'll do all this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, it makes me mad sometimes. And I'm like, dude, you don't know that I woke up this morning went to the gym and busted my butt, right? Like he, and, and, but it doesn't matter. Oftentimes, we don't respond. We delete the comment, we move on. We block the person, we move on, right? Because criticism, people, are, are, we're going to get to this in a second, it's not really about us. Criticism is never, it's rarely about you. It's always out of response of hurt, all right? We'll get to that in a second. So the first thing is oftentimes, we don't respond. Second thing is this, is sometimes we respond, what's that last word? Come on, what's that last word? Carefully. carefully. You respond carefully. Notice that I didn't say you react instinctively. No, 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 no. You respond uh, carefully, right? There's a huge difference between reacting and responding. When you choose to respond, you give, your, your, you, you give thought to it, right? Like, I, I'm responding. I'm going to take in what was said. I'm going to think about it. Is it true? Is it helpful? Okay, and then I can respond carefully. But so many of us, we react. That's why people call them first responders they have to come and they have to assess a situation to see the best way to move forward to help a person they respond to things they're not called first reactors they're called first responders some of us are great at first reactions we're going to give our our gut instinct right then we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to say our knee jerk reaction right off the bat and, and that hurts relationships and actually eggs on a person that's critical because they're going to continue to come back and you're playing this unhealthy ping pong match. Now you're going back and forth with somebody that you shouldn't be doing that with. But sometimes you do need to respond carefully. There's a powerful example of this in the old Testament where Gideon is taking heat from people and uh, who didn't like what he was doing. And it says this, it says, then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, why have you treated us this way? Why didn't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. Gideon was coming under some pressure here. And notice it says in verse 2, it says this. I'm not going to get into the answer, but he says, But then Gideon answered them. Gideon listened to what they were doing, and Gideon replied. Gideon answered. Answered them. He responded actually with a pretty logical and thoughtful and spirit filled answer. And it says this in verse three it says, When the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. So it says, when Gideon took some time and he thoughtfully responded to the people that were criticizing him, it helped their anger subside a little bit. Sometimes a response, a careful response, can help a critical person genuinely understand where you're coming from. Sometimes, not all the time, and some of you are probably thinking, like, you don't know the, the critical people I know because this would not work, right? But sometimes doing this will help a critical person understand kind of where you're coming from because at some point you're going to run into this, right? Like for some of you, man, you, you wanted to go back to school. And maybe there's people in your life that don't support that decision. And so they're criticized. Like, are you sure? Like, shouldn't you be working more and not going back to school? It's going to cost money and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to have to respond and say, you know what? I prayed about this. This is what I feel like God wants me to do. And God's going to provide for it. You're gonna just respond, right? You, are you sure you want to go into full-time ministry? You know those people don't make any money, and and you just gotta go. Yes, I'm sure God's called us to do this. We're gonna do it. There's no is not an option. Like we're gonna do this, right? Are you sure you want to be a stay-at-home mom? Like you know, uh, you, you know he doesn't make that much money. Like how are they? How are you gonna to afford to? keep? And you just go, no. This is the best thing for our family right now. And I appreciate your concern. And, and we're gonna trust that God's gonna make it work, and we're gonna work hard to make it work, right? Or maybe for some of your moms, man, y'all get the brunt of everything. If you stay at home, you're a bad mom. If you go to work, you're a bad mom. But some of you, like, are you sure you want to go back to work and and do that career? Like, you have these young kids, and you just have to thoughtfully respond and say, yeah, I'm sure. Like, this is what God's called me to do. I'm going to be a mom, and I'm going to do this. And, And that's what God's called me to do. And so what are you going to do when a person criticizes you? What are you going to do when you want to react, but you need to respond? And here's two things I want you to understand. Wait before you respond. Because when emotions are high, wisdom is low. Y'all hear me? Wait before you respond. If you're going to respond carefully, pause. Because when emotions are high, wisdom is low. Okay? When emotions are high, wisdom is low. That's what the, this is what this means. When you type it out on Facebook and you want to light somebody up for having a different opinion than you, wait. How many of you have ever changed someone's mind on Facebook? (laughs) Nobody, right? It ain't happening. Okay, so before you respond on Facebook, wait. When emotions are high, wisdom is low. People can't hear how you sound on Facebook, but they're going to read you at your worst, by the way. They're going to read like you're screaming at them. Even if you're thoughtfully putting punctuations to show, like, I'm logical, right? I've got this figured out. Like, they're going to receive it the worst, okay? And it's not like before you hit send, stop. Before you send that text message blasting somebody, stop. Don't do it. Abraham Lincoln used to write letters in his office, and he would write it, and he would, I mean, let people have it. He would write them letters, and he would just, I mean, lay into them in the old fancy English, and I'm sure it would sound awesome, but it's like super insulting to them back then. And he would seal it in an envelope, and he would write on the envelope, sealed, never sit. He would say it. He would get it off on paper. He would seal it up in an envelope, and he would never send it. Why? Because he knows when when you, before you respond, you're going to wait. Because when emotions are high, your your wisdom is low. All right. Um, and here's here's something that I want you to understand. Because oftentimes the criticism isn't even about you. It can be aimed at you. It could be about you, but it's never really about you. it's tied to a hurt in their own lives. It's tied to some sort of unresolved anger uh, that they might have, or even an insecurity that they might have. It's rarely about you. I found that the most angry people are the most critical people. The most hurt people are typically the most critical people. And they're dealing with something that you don't even know about, and they don't know how to deal with it. And so this is the way that they're trying to deal with it a little bit. And so when we pause, we can remember that and go, okay, this is not about me. They have something in their life they don't know what to do with, and this is how it's being. And it actually helps you give compassion and go, okay. This is coming from a deep-rooted problem that they have, and I actually need to be nice and not be critical back to them in this moment. So behind every angry person is a hurt, and remember that and offer compassion to them, okay? Behind every critical person, there is a hurt. All right, so the first thing we're going to do is oftentimes we're not going to respond. Sometimes we're going to respond carefully. The third thing is this, is occasionally you listen and make a change. So oftentimes we're not going to do anything. Sometimes we're going to respond carefully uh, 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 and occasionally you're going to listen and actually make a change. Sometimes here's the, the nasty truth of it all. Sometimes the people giving you criticism are right. They're right. So here's what I, if everyone is telling you that you have a problem and it's the same problem, you might have a problem, right? Like if your spouse who loves you is saying that you're yelling too much to your kids You might be yelling too much at your kids. If everyone is telling you that you're dating the spawn of Satan himself... The dude you're dating is not the one, okay? I want to let's like, he's just not going to be the one, right? Like sometimes the criticism is right. Sometimes we need to listen and we need to actually make a change. Sometimes that shows humility that goes, okay, these people love me enough to let me know these things. I have people in my life that have full permission to tell me some things that I don't like to hear and they're not impressed by me. They don't give a rip about how big our church is or how important that I might be. And I'm not an important person, but they really don't think I'm an important person. And they will look at me and go, Clint, you need to, like, take a break, man. You're you're getting overworked. It's making you angry. You need to chill out. And I listen to these people. And so this isn't in my notes. I'm going to give you some free wisdom, okay? How do I know what criticism to listen to and which ones not to listen to? Well, it's, uh, this will help you maybe a little bit. If, if the criticism that someone's giving you didn't cost them anything, I wouldn't give it much thought. So someone on a Facebook comment that can hide behind a username or they can hide behind a profile, I wouldn't listen to that much. But if someone's coming to you face-to-face that you know cares about you and they're putting their face on it, their name on it, and they're coming to you directly, I tend to listen to those a little bit more than I would someone that's just on the Internet or someone that's just chattering and complaining about stuff. Does that make sense? If it's going to cost someone to give you criticism, it's, it's oftentimes worth listening to, just That's free advice for everybody. All right. Proverbs 15 says this. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. If you have, let me me try to say it this way. If someone has criticized you of something and it's kind of been an ongoing theme in your life and you haven't changed in the last year because of the feedback you've received, then you're missing out on an amazing opportunity. Some people have feedback for you that seems critical, but it's actually constructive. And sometimes we need to listen. And if you've not changed because of someone else's feedback in your life for the last year, you're missing out on an opportunity to grow because God is trying to give you wisdom to become a better person. And we're rejecting it. Sometimes we listen carefully to the criticism and we make a change. I am, I'm telling you, I wish there was a mirror right here because I would, I, I'm i preaching to myself today, all right? So how do we respond to critics? Oftentimes you don't. Sometimes you respond. Occasionally you listen. And the fourth thing is this. You always work to guard your heart. You always work to guard your heart. We can be some of the most critical people in the world. And I'm talking about church people. I'm talking about Christians. It's sad. The last few years, especially since COVID's gone on, we went through an election cycle in the middle of COVID. Lord, help us, right? Like I, I am often grieved at how Christians respond to certain things. We can be the most critical people in the room. When stuff about race comes up, and obviously there are brothers and sisters uh, who are different than everyone in this room, by the way, that have struggles that are valid. And we'll, we'll, we'll fire off on Facebook and say like, oh, they, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, I, I have to work hard to, and all this kind of stuff. And we can be the most critical people instead of the people that go, I want to listen. I want to learn right now. Can you help me learn? I got people that I like, especially this thing in Buffalo that happened last week. Some of our overseers are in Buffalo, by the way. They're 10 minutes from where this thing happened, and they're ministering to these people. And when stuff like this happens, I don't want to be the most critical person in the room. I have opinions, sure, but they're just opinions. My number one response is to love and respond and go, hey, tell me how this makes you feel. And I have people in my life that I go, hey, I'm checking in on you. I know uh, there's the thing that happened in Buffalo. How are you doing? Man, thank you for asking. Here, let me just share something with you. And guess what? I, didn't, I wasn't critical in that moment. I'm trying to learn in that moment. But we have to guard our hearts. We can be critical. It's part of our sinful nature. It's part of uh, how we're born a lot of times. And it, it comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Here are some of the things that we can easily say that honestly come from a critical spirit. I cannot believe the way that she dresses. I mean, she looks like a moron out there, right? Like, that's how that's something that you can say. My boss is a moron. I, I, my boss is an idiot. I can't stand him. He never tells me, okay, critical spirit. All right, That coach should be fired. They should be putting in my boy. He should be playing, right? Like, how many of y'all have ever said that about a coach before? Come on. I, like, I, I, if I had money, I wouldn't spend it like they do. Like, they just waste it all. I mean, he bought a boat. Boat's just a way to throw money away, right? Like, that's can you believe he did that, right? I can't believe he bought a new car. Even when he drives it off a lot, it's going to go down in value, right? Like, we say these things all the time. They have no idea how dumb they look when they do that. Oh, she's so full of herself. Look at her Instagram. It's all a bunch of selfies. And All of a sudden, we say these things that seem harmless, but it shows that we have a critical spirit about us. What about these phrases? These are even more nuanced. I'm just being honest. How many of you all ever said those words before? I'm just just telling it like it is. I'm just calling it like I see it. I'm just saying, right? We say this stuff all the time. And it's like that gives us a pass to just be so hurtful. We're going to go, well, bless her heart. And then we can just say whatever we want after that, right? Like, no, that's not how it works. That shows that you have a critical spirit about you. And I'm telling you, I am the worst of all of this stuff. I am the worst critic. I can criticize anything. And I, it's, I've having to hold myself because now I have kids and they can hear and pick up on things. And so now I have to like not do it because I'll say stuff and I I think it's being funny, but it comes across a certain way. And I have to work on that and go, no, even if I'm making a joke, I need to be careful with how I'm saying it. Because our son is becoming a critical person because of me. Right. So I got to watch out for what I'm doing. Um, here's what it says in Proverbs 12. It says, some people make cutting remarks. But the words of the wise bring healing. I'm sorry, I don't have the right translation on the screen. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. We need to be people in here that bring healing with our words. It is easy to criticize. It is easy to criticize. It's hard to build somebody up to go, hey, I'm proud of you for this reason right here. You know, criticism sticks so well because it's so specific. You know what I'm saying? Like, how come criticism sticks so well and and, and encouragement really doesn't? It's because encouragement is typically vague and criticism is typically very specific. How about we do the opposite of that? How about we criticize a little vague and let's encourage specifically so it sticks with people a little bit. Let's not be people that make cutting remarks. Let's be people who bring healing with our words that say, hey, I honor you. I thank you for being faithful. I, I, I appreciate what you've done for this church. I appreciate what you've done for your family. And let's be specific in our encouragement. Let's be people that bring healing. I'm telling you, I'm the worst critic in the world. I can pick apart anything. You take me somewhere and I will in the first 10 seconds, I'll tell you everything that's wrong with this place, right? Like I hate that about myself. It's a, a spiritual curse, I feel like, on my life, especially when it comes to music. I grew up doing music. I know music inside and out. I, I'm, I'm gifted in it and all this kind of stuff. And I will walk into any church in America America and be able to go, here's 6,000 things that were, just went wrong in that worship set. I can tell it to you all the time. I can do it for the, our church. They do a great job, but I'm telling Joey could too. He's, he's I can sit there and go, this was off, this was off, this was off, this was off, that was off, but that doesn't get anyone anywhere oftentimes. And that really just makes me look like a jerk. And oftentimes when you have a critical spirit, it just makes you look bad. But you're not being constructive about it. But my critical spirit is always born out of pride, ignorance, or hurt. I either think I'm better, or I don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm trying to overcompensate for a hurt that I have in my life. And I would be willing to bet that I'm not the only one that struggles with those three things in this room. It's so easy to be critical So how do we overcome when someone's being critical to us? You have to be so deeply grounded in who we are in Christ. We have to be so deeply grounded that criticism doesn't shake us. Because here's a truth that I want you to walk away with today. Who I am matters more than what they think. I think so. Leave that up there. I want want people to let this sink in. Who you are is way more important than what they think. Let people criticize you. If you're getting criticized because you're doing things of God, let it happen. We had people that were criticizing us when we chose to move back here and start our church because they didn't think we needed another church and blah blah blah. And Clint's doing that; he's just a worship leader. He's not a speaker. Was they? They're not pastors. Stephanie's a pastor. That's not even biblical. And like, you get this stuff going on, and you, and all of a sudden, I found myself listening to the people that had criticisms about me instead of just doing what God called me to do. Because guess what? I am a pastor. Stephanie is a pastor. I don't even consider myself a worship leader. I'm a pastor. That's what God's called me to do. And who I am, who God made me to be, is more important than what they think. You are a mom. You are a great mom. You are an amazing employee at your job. You're an amazing student. You're gifted. Who cares what they think? Let them talk. Okay? Because who you are, who God's called you to be is way more important than what they think. You can't let, listen, this is so important. You can't be driven by praises and and you can't let criticism stick to you. You got to live in the middle. All right. You got to just do what God's called you to do. Keep your head down and just get it done. Do what God's called you to do. And who cares what they think? Jesus was one of the most criticized people who ever lived. And he lived a perfect life. He did nothing wrong. Think about that and he was the most criticized. You're not going to avoid it. You have to get to a place where you aren't moved by praises of fans or by the criticism of haters. You gotta get to this place. Here's what Paul said in Romans 14. I did a whole message on this that I probably should, should uh, just take it off. I got a different version back here. It doesn't matter. Um, it says this, Romans 14 starting in, in verse 10, it says, "'So why do you condemn another believer?' Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. This is Paul saying this. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. You're not going to be answering from what they think of you. You're not going to be answering for anyone else. You're giving a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another to stumble and fall. Can we just agree in here that we're going to be people that's going to stop condemning each other? Come on. Can we agree that we're going to be? Can we agree that we're going to stop canceling people? We're going to give people room to grow. We're going to stop being critical. We're going to stop being hateful. We're going to stop being so negative. There's enough of that out there. People don't need more of that. What people need are people that are going to bring healing with what they say. We need people that are going to be encouraged or say, hey, you got this, man. I'm behind you. We're in your corner. Come on. You can do this this. God's got a plan for you. God's going to work this out. That's what people need. They don't need another negative voice. So if you're a negative voice in here, people don't need that. They need a breath of fresh air. They need the spirit of God to flow through our voice into their life. That's what people need. And this is the kind of church that you go to, by the way. We're not a church that's going to get up here and condemn other churches, other pastors, other ministers. That's just not what we do. I'm not going to get into that stuff because people don't need that in their life. They need encouragement. They need the word of God. God in their life. And that's who God's called us to be. Jesus was the one that invited these critical people, by the way, and he would have dinner with them. He would have meals with them. He would befriend these people. He would reach out to these people. And when are we going to get back to doing that? Instead, we're going to shun these people that criticize us. We're going to push them away. We're going to fight them. And sometimes that's what you need to do. But a lot of times what you can do is go, I refuse to let this little argument that we're having define our relationship. How about we find some common ground on some stuff here? Let's talk. Let's, let's breathe some life into our relationship. Let's decide that we're going to be the ones that look for the best in people. Let's believe the best in people. When did we stop doing that? Instead of assuming the worst about, let's assume the best about people. Let's quit being critical. I I feel like we're just so opinionated about everything and it's not a place that God's ever intended us to be. And it's okay to protect the values of God's word, all those sorts of things, but the way we do it matters. And I think today, all of us in here, the challenge for you, Instead, this week, criticizing, encourage. Man, encourage someone on your Facebook today. Send someone a text message. If you, if I have your number in here, there's a good chance that you've gotten a text message from me that was encouraging. Checking up on you. Um, hey, God's got this, right? Like I just, and it's not, it's because I want to make the choice. I'm not going to be critical. I want to be encouraging. I want people to find life whenever I say things, not because of what I have to say, but because God in me wants to affect the people around me. God in you wants to affect the people around you. Maybe for some of you, you need to just get off Facebook for a little bit. Okay, get off Facebook. This might be a good step for some of us, all right? I paid $107 for gas yesterday. Outrageous, it's crazy, right? But did you know you can pump gas and not talk about it on the internet and criticize someone about it? I don't even know if, you, if that is possible. I did it yesterday. I got gas. I didn't have to, I didn't say anything about it on Facebook. It was amazing. It was so free, right? Like I didn't have to say, but, but seriously, like it's little stuff like that. Like, let's be the opposite. Let's incur, let's call people out and go, Hey, I just want to shout out this person right now on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever. They're such a great mom. They're such a great person. And I just love them, man. Y'all are awesome. My goodness, that's so different now that that would change someone's life right now. And that's so easy. It didn't cost you anything except you were just nice. Let's quit being critical and let's be encouraging because that's what God has called us to do. Y'all with me a little bit? Come on. Are y'all ready to leave here and be an encouraging person? All right. Are y'all with me a little bit? Come on now. If you don't have Facebook, guess what? You get to do it the old fashioned way. Find someone face to face and say, you're doing a great job. Boom. I'm not, don't do it to me. I'm not looking for compliments right now. I'm leaving tomorrow and I don't care about anything that happens here while I'm gone. I'll be fine. But y'all do it to each other. Call people out. Thank you. Man, I, I got some people that came to help me set up, help me and Joey set up today. Kevin's in Ireland. And so we were shorthanded setting everything up today. Thank you guys for showing up. Harrison didn't even ask you to show up. He showed up. I appreciate you, man. And you did a great job up here today. And then Ryan stepped up and did the lyrics back there. So if you had a problem with it, it's his first time. You did great, dude. Hey, it's okay. I I ain't worried about it. I got my notes. I don't know what's happening behind me. So it may have been wrong the whole time, but thank you. I appreciate it. But, But seriously, find something about somebody and encourage them. Do it with your kids. Man, we can be critical of our kids at the drop of a hat. But how about you look at him and go, hey, I'm really proud of the way that you, like I I told Ruben already today, he came early and he was moving cases in here with us and working hard, stacking the chairs up in there by himself for a lot of it, doing an amazing job. And I said, hey, I am proud of you for coming in here and working hard this morning, stacking the chairs, moving the cases. And he just lit up, it just made his day, right? People need that from you today. You have the power to make someone just light up on the inside. God, we love you. I thank you for the example that you set for us, God. I pray that we aren't known for being critical in this place. And I know some of us are hurting and there's some stuff going on beneath the surface that not many people know about. And it's just um, so easy to criticize instead of just dealing with what's going on in our lives. But I pray that we can deal with it so we can be healthy people and we can encourage people. I pray that Oasis Church... Our little bitty church would be known for how we encourage. I pray we encourage deeply in this place. I pray that the people that come here, that people know that go here, would be the most loving and encouraging people that anyone's ever been around. I, re- I really pray that because I believe that's what you've called us to do. That doesn't mean that we can't speak the truth. That doesn't mean we can't stand up for what is right, but we can do it in a way that you would have done it. And I pray you help us do that. Help us be encouraging. Help us see the best in people. Help us believe the best in people, God. Help us encourage people in a way that only, uh, that's supernatural, that's spiritual, God, that only they could get from the voice of God. And I pray you can help us be the voice of God today. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, y'all give God a hand in here. Next week, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow to go out of town for a week. I'm going to a pastor's retreat um, and, and literally the only thing on the agenda is to just relax and have fun at this place. And, uh, so I wanted to let you guys know that's where I'll be. Um, and Stephanie got to go on a cruise earlier this year, so she's been fine. <laughs> I'm joking. She's, she deserves a cruise every week, but, uh, I am going to be going there. So I would just love your prayers. Uh, just to just pray that, that I come back refreshed and ready to rock and roll to kind of tackle the summer and, and all that kind of stuff. I would just really appreciate that. If y'all could do that for me, that'd be awesome. Uh, And uh, pray for Steph because she's going to be home by herself with the kids. So I think I'm just going to turn my phone off, by the way, (laughs) while I'm gone. So I will not be able to be reached. Um, But y'all could just be praying for that. That'd be awesome. And then the last thing is if you, uh, uh, Brother Kevin's not here. So we should have a bucket back there somewhere. Is a bucket back there, Ty? There you go. Brother Tyler's going to have a bucket back there. If you uh, if it's your first time here and you could fill out a connect card that I don't have with me, fill that out and uh, we would love to serve you this week uh, and get you a gift and just let you know how appreciative we are that you would come and visit us today. And uh, and you can drop that back there. And also, if you want to bring your tithes or your offerings, you can put it back there as well. And uh, man, we love you guys so much. I'm so grateful that we get to build church together. I'm excited about July, all right? July, we're going to go after it hard. We're going to do it at the movies. It's going to be awesome. We're going to watch some of the best movies of all time, right? And it's going to be so good. And uh, you guys have an amazing week. We're praying for you. We're always here for you. And we'll see you next week at 10. We're going to be talking about needy people and uh, can't wait for it. So y'all have a good week. See y'all later.